Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and the cars on Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be a pretty nice day today, but I would not get used to it if I were you. Sunny this morning, some afternoon clouds, a high of 52. Tonight, cloudy, low of 32. And then for tomorrow, rain in the morning, and then a possibility of it all getting mixed up with snow. In fact, they're talking about accumulations of anywhere between one to three inches uh, tomorrow. See, I told you not to get used to it. High of 36 uh, for tomorrow. It's uh, currently 49 degrees in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see. Today we're going to be, uh, yesterday, well, actually yesterday we talked about the Curtis Blake School uh, closing. We're going to be talking to one of the parents, and they're not happy about it, and for damn good reason. And we'll talk to the, that to the person after 7 o'clock this morning. Is that in some other stuff, too? It's 535 on Rock 102. Now open. Western Massachusetts. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's uh, 550. And uh, the Rolling Stones on Rock 102. With uh, Bax, Steve, and Carly. <laughs> yeah, that's, Rock 102. that's exactly right. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 52. Uh, now tomorrow, uh, things take a turn for the worse. It's going to be a mix of rain and snow. Some accumulation possible, about an inch or two. Uh, depending on where you are throughout the Pioneer Valley in a high of 36. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump. Do it once, do it right, Aqua Pump. How about some Hollywood Trash with Steve Nagel? Uh, you know that whole thing with Peloton and Chris Noth dying on the Peloton in the show? Yes. And then, uh, yeah. That's well, the least of his problems. It's definitely the least of his problems. The Sex and the City revival had just uh, brought Chris Noth back into revel- uh, relevance. And uh, now he's been accused of sexual assault by two women. Well, that doesn't make him not relevant. No, he's very relevant now because somebody wants to take him to court. (laughs) Someone's going to take him down. The uh, women's names have not been released. They came forward separately, but both talked to Hollywood Reporter. There were also separate incidents, one in Los Angeles in 2004 and one in New York in 2015. The women said it was the revival of the show that triggered them to speak out. Both women have shared detailed accounts along with friends that can corroborate that something went down. In one case, there are medical records that show the women were sexually assaulted, but at the time she didn't name names. And in the other case, the Hollywood Reporter reviewed alleged text messages that show Chris and his date didn't see eye to eye on what happened during an evening together. Mm. To put it uh, bluntly, both women are claiming that Chris raped them. Uh, Chris denied the accusations in a statement. The accusations made against me by individuals I met years, even decades ago, are categorically false. These stories could have been from 30 years ago or 30 days ago. No means no. That is a line I did not cross. The encounters were consensual. You know, uh, if in fact it happened, uh, that's awful. And uh, there's no condoning it whatsoever. However, uh, last night, my wife says, hey, why don't we we, uh, check out the new... Sex in the City. Yeah. We lasted all of 68 seconds. I can't even believe that you even tried to. Well, I mean, I was I, I, you know, I was tired. I was, uh, you know, my resistance was yeah, down. Yeah, I wasn't going to say no. A fight. Yeah. 68 seconds, and she says, oh, my God, this is awful. And I'm like, okay. Well, I mean. Let's try something else. Even, uh, you know, when they started getting into the movie franchise, I was like, a movie about this? And then they came out with another movie about it. And it was some sort of stupid, like, Jewel of the Nile thing or something. You know what I mean? It was some kind of... Uh, yeah. You know, I am. I, I am. Know. I don't... In my opinion, I don't ever think I've ever seen another redo on television. You know, like, you, you bring a show back yeah. that was any good since that one night 
where the Harlem Globetrotters found themselves as castaways on Gilligan's Island. That was that one, one of the best episodes ever. It's the only one I've ever seen where they yeah. brought the show back that it was better than the original. Uh, my uh, my favorite show was when... Uh, what's his name? Gordon Jump coerced Dudley into the back room of the bike shop with ice cream and cartoons so he could take his shirt off on, on different strokes. I think I preferred him as a Maytag repairman, frankly. Or what's it? What was his name on WKRP? Uh, Mr. Carlson. Mr. Carlson. See that that would be the that would be where I would have known him from. Yeah, you, like you too, right? But <laughs> yes. the, he was the Maytag guy for many years. He right? was. So I don't know. I hate Sex in the City. I hate Sarah Jessica Parker. I hate her almost as much as I hate Amy Schumer. Wow. Yeah, that's saying something. I know you're not a big fan. Well, she's an, she's an annoying person. I don't I don't even think like she. I don't think she's ever been good. I haven't seen a movie with Sarah Jessica Parker in and go, man, that was a great performance. <laughs> well, wasn't she in The Godfather? Well, Didn't well, she show up at the foot of that guy's bed? Except for the <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna go with a lighter version of. Uh, <laughs> She was she was in Hot to Trot with John Candy and or it was a, yeah John Candy. Uh, Tyler Perry got into a T-bone accident, and so did Tyler Perry. And so did Tyler Perry. On Wednesday night, after leaving the Burbank airport, crushing his Bentley SUV, the accident was not his fault, and luckily no one was seriously injured. Not even a police report was filed. Well, how about that? You didn't file. A, you got. You've got to at least file the police to re- report for the insurance claim on the Bentley. That's going to cost you in repairs. Well, who's your witness? Uh, Tyler Perry. And Tyler, Tyler Perry. Betty White is uh, celebrating her 100th birthday with a special in theaters called Betty White 100 Years Young, a birthday celebration. It'll be one day only on January 17th and will include celebrity guests and highlights from her life and career. Tickets are already on sale. Well, I think... I think when you hit 100, yeah. you don't try to stretch, uh, stretch it out for a full birthday month. No. I think it's like a one It's like one day, and that's probably about as much well, as Betty really needs to deal with. Yeah, and that's all Betty can has the energy for. She might not even have the energy for the full day. She gets like halfway through, and she wants to take a nap. Has she been out and about lately? I haven't seen her much at all. They, I, I think I did see her maybe six months ago on like a, a cameo appearance on something. Right. Like maybe an interview or, or something like that, but it, I haven't seen her do any work. I don't think I think she's slowing down a lot. She's a hundred. I don't know anyone yeah. who ever says things didn't start getting good till I turned a hundred. Well, do you remember a couple of years ago we uh, talked about that lady who was like a hundred and fourteen years old? Yes, and she was in a nursing home and she was she had her wits about her, but she uh, she just didn't want anything to do with the local TV news interview. And they're like, what are you going to do for your birthday? And she's like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> the hell do you think I'm going to do? I'm 114 years old. <laughs> the same thing I did yesterday and the day before that. Yeah, I mean, there's, you got to get to a certain point at those golden years going, eh, uh, I'm just here now. I don't, I, at a certain age, I think you just stop filling out your to-do list. Yeah. Because you've pretty much done everything you were planning on doing anyway. Uh, Eric Clapton successfully sued a woman in Germany for attempting to sell a bootleg CD on eBay for $11. The woman said she had no idea it was an illegal recording. The judge told her she must pay $3,500 in attorney's fees. For a, for a record that was only going to cost 11 bucks. 
Yeah, it was a bootleg CD. My God. Well, that's Eric Clapton for you. Eric Clapton's kind of turned it into a jerk lately. Yeah, you know, he seems to have, uh, you know, for like like a hot second, he seemed to have uh, like a, be a nice guy, and then it all turned around. Well, you know, he's like uh, he's getting into this like white supremacy stuff, and uh, you know, dabbling with that a little bit. I Ooh. mean, I thought the only white supremacy that he used to have was a pile of cocaine on the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought he was mostly like a anti-vax type of type of fella. Well, he's an anti-vax. He's an anti-mask guy. He's like. He's one of these guys that's like, no, everybody, uh, I don't care about your vaccination status. You come to this big giant arena God, and everyone, with all these people. And everyone thought that Ginger Baker was the real jerk and cream. Yeah, but it, actually, it was Eric all along. freaking Clapton. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Now open. Vax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pet food roundup underway. Donate to local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, in the last 24 hours, the Boston Bruins have now placed three more players on COVID protocols, including Anton Bleed, Jeremy Swayman, and Trent Frederick. Add that to Patrice Bergeron, Craig Smith, and Brad Marchand. That now equals six players for the Bruins who have tested positive over the last couple of days, and all six of them will be off the ice for the Bruins until later in the month. Of course, the Bruins aren't the only team in the league who are dealing with these sorts of issues. Loads of teams around the NHL are having problems. We've already seen postponements in Calgary, Minnesota, and Carolina, and those numbers are only getting worse. Here's the thing. According to the NHL, only one remaining player in the league has gone unvaccinated. Just one. And yet, you've got guys sprouting positive tests all over the place. In fact, last night, the Montreal Canadiens, of an abundance of caution, hosted Philadelphia in front of an empty arena following the request from public health officials in Quebec that the game go on without fans. That decision was made just two hours before face-off. Can you imagine being a season ticket holder for the Canadiens? You spent half the day getting ready for the game, setting out your game pelts and animal skins. You spent all afternoon painting your chest up black and red only to find out that provincial authorities won't let you go into the Bell Arena to watch your home team win a 3-2 shootout. It's an absolute outrage. Now you have to put your pelts and skins away, wash the paint off your chest, and wait around to see what they do when the Bruins come into town tomorrow night. Sure, postponements suck, but so do games without fans. But when you're facing a global pandemic and nearly 100% of every infected player is still testing positive, then something is clearly wrong with this picture. I don't want to see the Bruins down six guys traveling to Canada and stuck there because they have to quarantine for the next 10 days. I'm not saying I have any solutions. I don't. I'm just merely pointing out the problems and hoping that someone who's smarter than me will figure out what to do next because I'm most almost afraid to start painting on my own chest until I have some answers. And right now, I don't have jack squat. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Elvis was the king of rock and roll. Rupert Pupkin was the king of comedy. Aaron's is the king of snow. There are four Aaron snowblowers on sale right now at Rocky's. Buy one and blow that snow to kingdom come. Get an Aaron's at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock, rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611 and Tom Petty and Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 52. Tomorrow, not so nice. Going to see some snow accumulation throughout the Pioneer Valley. Yeah, one to two inches, depending on where you are, but mostly a mix of rain in there, too, and a high of 36. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. 
We're going to be uh, talking to one of the parents of the uh, the Curtis Blake School. They're uh, shutting down in January. They gave uh, parents very little time to make uh, to make arrangements. So we'll be talking to one of the parents after 7 o'clock today. I know. And to think that they made that, uh, Leonard Skinner made that song about that school. Uh, no, that's uh, Curtis Lowe, I believe. No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of that song by Flo Rida. No, that's uh, that's low. I mean, you might be thinking of that uh, old school rapper from the early '80s, Curtis Blow. Oh, Kurt, no, no, you're thinking of Curtis Blow. Yeah, there you that. go. Uh, so uh, uh, I did a couple things yesterday. I did a comedy show at um, this Leadfoot Brewing in yeah. Chicopee. What a cool, cool place this is. Leadfoot Brewing, huh? Yeah, and it's so weird because it's like in this industrial park that uh, is kind of difficult to get to if you don't have the GPS. The GPS at least takes you right there. Right. But you have to, like, drive down this access road uh, to get to it. It's near It's near the, the like, uh, is that Willa Manson over there, the, the side where Holyoke uh, meets? I believe so, yes. Like, if you come over from 116 over the, the bridge yeah. that they built a few years ago? Oh, it, did, it, it literally looks like a, like a metal shack. It is, and it, and uh, you know, one of my uh, observational jokes last night was, I feel like I'm in RoboCop, and there's going to be some guy getting torn <laughs> apart with, you know, blades and and guns and everything else. Uh, but it was a really a really nice place, and uh, uh, I had a, I had a hot dog while I was there. It was a hot a beer infused hot dog. And how was that? That was delicious. You like man. that hot yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah with a so, beer. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So it's so it's a pretty small place, you know, as far as like a like a congregational area, uh, and it looks like they're only open uh, on mostly on the weekend, yeah. like Friday through Sunday. But I mean, I know uh, it's a cool place. Though. I know it's nothing new. But I, but I kind of like when uh, you know the the beer pub kind of atmosphere. I kind of like it. Uh, yeah, and and actually, the owner uh, last night was telling me uh, that that particular building used to be a brewery back, like in the eighteen hundreds. Oh no, kid! It was the Hamden Brewery. Did they have one in Hamden? Uh, well, not in Hamden, but yeah, it was that's like a Hamden Brewery, and. Uh, He's got all the old like signs and stuff, uh, memorabilia up on the wall from the old brewery. It's, it's, it's it was a really cool place. That's cool. I mean, there's a couple of places up uh, up north that we go to in Vermont that yeah. are awesome. Just you know, just, just the just the atmosphere of it, yeah. uh, the views of the place, very very cool. Well, you know, for all the people, and and I, I'm one of them too. You know, I, it's like how many more different beers can you? Uh, can you have? Like you know, it's variety, endless. Steve. It's, it's but it's 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 getting out of hand at this point. But it's more about the location of what these things, you know, Treehouse did an excellent job of doing that. Yeah. With the outdoor uh, music and, uh, you know, opening the place on the weekends. And now they got this big, you know, thing out there. Yeah, but you know what? The thing about it is it isn't so much that, uh, that you know, what the, what are the unique flavors? Because, I mean, there are some that will do that and some that, that won't. But sometimes... You're just whether the quality is there or not. I don't is, know. is the beer good? I was you know? thinking, fun, you know, the, the whole thing was the Young Professional Society that we were doing the show for, and it's. Uh, I'm like, I know some of you. Some of you are 50. There ain't nothing young about you. <laughs> uh, but you know, there. It's like it, I think there's a lot of people who don't even know what they're talking about, and I, and I, I I call people out on that all the time. And I said to this woman, I said, "What are you drinking?" And she's like, "Some kind of raspberry one." Right, and I go, I'm like you don't even know what you're drinking, but you paid nine dollars for that. Yeah, 
because uh, it's got eight percent alcohol and yeah. it said raspberry on it. And uh, you know the hipster, uh, the hipster lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, you know this that was my stereotype of that crowd last night. It was like, oh, you're a bunch of hipsters. I sound like an old boomer. Uh, <laughs> you're a bunch of hipsters with your fancy beers. You know, you're. I guess it's not alcoholism when it's craft beer, is it? You know, because. <laughs> Well, it's give one a, thing if you're sitting in a bar drinking PBRs and sucking down shots of Yukon Jack. Well, there's uh, a difference between like your everyday Skid Row alcoholic yeah. and your sophisticated erudite alcoholic. Yeah, the HFAs, the high functioning alcoholics. That's it. Uh, but no, it was it was all right. I I was I was very rusty. I haven't done this comedy thing in uh, in in probably almost three years now. Really? Well, maybe maybe two years. Maybe two. Ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, it's like any other, I mean, you, you, most people probably wouldn't see it this way, but it's absolutely true. It's kind of like any muscle that you don't continue yeah. to work out. If, if it, at some point it kind of atrophies and and, uh, and and needs to be you know, dealt with all the time for you to get any good. Right. And uh, I haven't done that because uh, I've, I've focused my time on uh, smoking pot and eating Cheetos. Smart idea. And uh, But so, you know, you, you feel that, that, that rustiness. Uh, but I was uh, so ever politely interrupted by the uh, the M uh, the MC, if you will, of the evening. Uh, the during, MC. Yeah, the uh, this guy that used to work here, and uh, he he did the sound for it. Okay, so it wasn't his but job also, just to focus on the he, sound. He also felt, well, maybe uh, people want to hear more of me, and he you know he was up on stage doing these. Uh, these uh, getting people together for photos, and, uh, uh, making yeah. announcements and right. things like that, and then uh, and then when I started my jokes, uh, he he picked up the microphone and then started interrupting my set, which I was very surprised about. You're not uh, your uh, your comedy material is not really designed or set up for say like a partnership. Uh, no, I mean I've done that kind of work before yeah. but with a partner who knew what we were doing uh, versus uh, me not knowing anything about this new comedy duo I was thrown into. Yeah, and, and your material isn't necessarily yeah. geared for an awful lot of uh, extemporaneous improvisation. No, no, no Laurel and Hardy, you know, no, uh, yep. uh, no uh, Martin, Abbott and Costello, no Martin and Rowan, no, Bar- no Bartles and James, no Shields and Yarnell. Yeah, no uh, Johnson and Johnson. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other names that have double names in them, but uh, yeah, I was, I, I was just a little thrown off by that. Well, of course you were thrown off by that. What, what makes you think that the, know. the guy I, think that he can just uh, you know, interrupt your set? You're, I, you're a, free, a free-flowing you know, uh, you know, waterfall of activity focused on trying to make people laugh. And I left uh, pretty quickly after I did, not out of disrespect for the other two comedians, but they know that I get up early for this this little dog and pony show. Sure. So, uh, you know, they were they were cool with me going. Uh, but uh, I never got a chance to talk to that guy to tell him what a dick he was for interrupting my jokes. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not not cool. cool. It's not cool at all, and I don't know why anybody would think that's a good idea to weasel your way in. It's not an interaction show. It's not an interactive thing. It sounds like the host of the uh, the alleged MC of the night was heckling you. It's a heckle. It is kind of a heckle, but I think he thought it was more of like, hey, it's a conversation, and since I have a microphone, too, I can join in on the fun. No! That's not that's what not, a comedy show is all about. That's not what it's all about. In fact, when the comedian but. is on the mic, 
all other mics should be turned off. Yes. Yeah. They, you know what? You should be a sound guy. I, I would, but yeah. uh, I don't really have uh, the equipment or the gumption to do so. I just, uh, I'm like uh, trying to, you know, because this guy does the same thing I do with like weddings and stuff. Right. I'm like, do you, do you take the microwave from uh, some guy who's giving a best man speech because you want to put your two cents in <laughs> and how you feel about this whole thing? If you're giving well, a... look, I don't really know Stacy and Todd, but uh, I don't think they're right for each other. <laughs> you know, when you're doing a speech, yeah, I don't care what speech it is, and someone interrupts you, you know, like to me, that's like it's like a total act of of disregard and uh, and, and a lack of consideration. You know, you, if you've got a if you've got a uh, like a prepared statement, and I've had, I've had this before too, where. You know, I had something prepared, and yeah. somebody thought it'd be hilarious to get on, the, on another microphone or, you know, yell something from yeah. uh, from below. Listen, I got a job to do. I'm just trying to do it. I don't need your commentary to move things along here. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, like I was telling you off the air, like, you know, I have these bullet points in my head. Like, I go through all the material. Sure. But I haven't done the material in, like, two years. So... I, I don't remember it all. That's why I have these little bullet points I write down on my phone right. uh, to, to the more elaborate, you know, script of it, if you will. Uh, but the bullet points kind of remind me where to, how to stay on track. Well, then I kind of try to memorize that a little bit. And that threw the whole thing off, the interruption. It, it just threw the whole... So anybody who was there last night and saw that you ate a big bag well, of I, Jack I, last listen, night... Listen, uh, I don't really uh, care that... Uh, you know, if you pay, it was only $10. It's not like, I gave you at least $4 worth of a show. Yeah, but you, you know? should ask for like at least $6 of, a, of a, a refund from the guy that interrupted yeah, you. Yeah, I guess we guess I should. He took but... away $6 of entertainment for that $10 value. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so I just, I don't like being interrupted. I'm sorry, what? I said I don't like being interrupted. What were interrupt- you trying to say a little while All ago? All right, enough out of you. That's enough. How do they do those? <laughs> what, were you trying to keep doing it now? Yeah. No, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Steve. I'm just trying to hear the uh, the story. But I'm not interrupting in a way to either correct you or anything no, like no, that. No. You you have a story to tell, and I'm here to listen. Go on. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, then as the night continued, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to interrupt me again. I'm not going to do that. Oh, what, do you, okay. what do you think I am, rude? No, no, that was it. That was the end of the story. That was that, it? That was it. I don't know what you want me to say. I, I wound up going home. Oh, and I prepared my present for the uh, holiday party ah, uh, today. I still have to go buy that. Which is huge, by the way. How big did it get? It's like, I know you can't see. Yeah, everybody look at your radio. It's like this big. <laughs> for a $20 gift. For a little tiny little present. Oh, that's great. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's going to be well, terrific. I'll put up pictures of it later. It's 623 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Is he winking at you? It's hard to tell. Gnomes having a 26 with Bax and uh, Nagel and Rock 102. It's uh, going to be mostly sunny today and nice with a high of 52 uh, tomorrow. Uh, not so nice. Rainy uh, with snow showers. Could see up, up to two inches accumulation throughout the Pioneer Valley, depending on where you are, and a high of 36. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. You know that uh, the voice of that commercial, the one that last played? Uh Guy with a big, deep voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does yeah. all those monsters. Yeah, yeah. I actually know him very, very well. The monster truck The monster guy. trucks. I he, wish I he, d- he has this. Like, he doesn't scream and yell like that when you're having conversations. Like one of the nicest guys ever, but that's the voice he was born with. 
It's like that's every everything that comes out of his mouth is this big yeah. booming voice. See, I would have to like imitate that to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a there's certain people that uh, you run into that have very distinct voices. Like Tony Signoli has a very distinct, like deep voice. Right. That that is like a great. You know what? He sounds like Santa Claus at Forest Park. Come on, Steve. What are you gonna do? Put him on the radio and have him be Santa every year? Well, uh, I think I when I was driving through Bright Nights, I'm like, the Santa sounds like a lot like Tony Signoli <laughs> in here. Uh, what, what are the odds of that happening? He's got the, but he's. Uh, there are certain people that have these big booming voices that, uh, like, I'm kind of envious of that sometimes because I always wanted to be that, like. I always wanted to be like the national voice on something. Yeah. Like that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? It would be kind of cool, but so that guy, his name is David, right? Yeah. And, he, and I'm telling you, he's he's a wonderful guy. He was the cousin of one of my roommates, and I worked with him for years. Uh, is this your best friend, sister's boyfriend's girlfriend? Heard from this guy who's dating this girl that uh, you knew somebody with uh, deep voices? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's like... Yeah, that guy has been kind of, uh, in a way, imprisoned by this voice. Like, he can only really do one thing. It's like monster truck commercials, and, you know, occasionally he'll do some, like, uh, NFL Westwood One stuff. Oh, And that's oh. all he can talk about. Like, you, know, you can't say, could you pass me the non-dairy creamer? You know, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, how do you live like that? You can't live like that. Yeah, I know. So, hey, uh, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. You know, uh, I don't mean to sound like John O'Brien here, but I had a joke, and then I just fully read it. Yeah. And then I can't tell it. Well, do you have another one you could uh, rely on? Uh, tell the joke that got ruined last night by that guy at that comedy show. Uh, I can't tell that one. <laughs> that's un, That's a tad uncouth. I can't do that one either. Hey, here you go. Ready? Yes. What gets long when you jerk it, fits between your boobs, uh, slides in a hole, and loves to be pulled? This is the one you can tell? Yeah. I don't know. The seatbelt, you pervert. Jesus. Oh, hey. there you, I was thinking of it's something long else. when you jerk it, it fits between your boobs, slides in the hole, and loves to be pulled. Booyah! It's 6.33 with Bax and Steve Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio. Here's, here's Steve Nagel. Are you okay? Yeah, you know what it is? I haven't had coffee in, like, days. I'm t- like, I had to have coffee because I'm, like... Falling asleep in myself, and you can't take it because the caffeine and the AFib. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to scale back, yeah. and you it's want like some cocaine. Or uh, do you have any? Well, I could find a guy who knows how to get some. <laughs> we know several people that work here. That yeah, I know, that. I know that. Uh, local school communities are on high alert following a, po- a post circulating on TikTok that refers to a threat to school safety. The superintendents of several school districts here in Western Massachusetts including Westfield, Longmeadow, South Hadley, sent a message to parents Thursday on the latest TikTok challenge regarding the threats. According to one of the superintendents, there are posts on TikTok stating that on Friday, December 17th, there's a challenge to call in bomb threats, school shooting threats, etc. at schools in the United States. Uh, They're urging families to talk to your children about the potential consequences of engaging in this type of behavior. Worst 
TikTok post ever. I know. The Westfield School uh, returned to normal Thursday after threats on social media disrupted operations on Wednesday. According to the superintendent, the high school was informed of a series of social media posts Wednesday morning that could be interpreted as a threat to others. The person responsible for those threats has been identified and they were determined to not be credible. Police could not release any information on that individual due to their age. These kids, you knock it off with this stuff. Yeah, this is, uh, it, you know, it's all fun and games yeah. until, uh, until this kind of thing happens. You know, I remember uh, being in high school and, like, towards the end of the year, uh, there was always skip day. Mm-hmm. Where everybody kind of knew that, oh, the two days before the last day of school is skip day. And everybody would not go to school. and Well, not everybody, but a majority of students would not go to school. And the all cool go, kids would not go to school. Yeah, and they'd all go down to this big lake and, uh, you know, they'd party for the day. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, have a good time and do all kinds of things. That's like the good coordinated kind of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, uh, nobody's getting hurt. Okay, yeah, you should be in school. But it wasn't skip day, though, primarily just for, like, the high school seniors? It wasn't well, for everybody. Uh, well, no, but, uh, you know, if you wanted to be cool and hang out with the seniors, uh, you took the skip day as well. You know what I mean? Right. You know, because everybody was partying down at, down at the, you know, my town. It was the lake. And, uh, you know, that that's like, that's that's the way it should be. Like, that's the kind of stuff you should be doing. Not the, you know, making threats, calling in bomb threats, mm-hmm. threatening to shoot places up. You know, because you think it's funny. It's really not funny. It's not. It's just. It's. I. I, I don't know. I. I, sound, I feel like I sound like an old man. Well, but Steve, I also. Uh, you know, you're you're an old man who has children in the school systems, right? Yeah. And so you know, you're looking at it from a different perspective. But if you're a student, then you're thinking, hey, you know, it would be really great so soon before Christmas break is if we. Yeah. Did something on TikTok that would make everybody crazy. Now, I, as a, as again, as an adult and a seasoned, mature individual, uh, you know, there's nothing funny about trying to get an extra day off right before your big vacation. So stop with this stuff on TikTok. Knock it TikTok off. TikTok should be about Tide Pod Challenge and walking on top of milk crates. That's what that. That's what it was designed yeah. for. That's what it is there for. It is yeah. not there to 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 pose threats to the public. Yeah, breaking bones and putting poison in your body. That's where it should be. Yeah, uh, it, it it is. Uh, TikTok is only in existence to make sure that you go to an emergency room somewhere. That's it. Uh, police have arrested a Holyoke juvenile for a stabbing incident at the Holyoke Mall Wednesday night. Oh, and just eight days before Christmas, stabbing at the mall. Yeah. Uh, according to uh, Holyoke Police Captain Matthew Moriarty, police were called to Holyoke Mall around 8 p.m. Wednesday for a reported stabbing. A stabbing victim, identified as a Springfield man, was outside the Pizzeria Uno. Officers say he had a puncture wound to his lower rib cage. A Holyoke juvenile was also in the area with a head wound. The victim told police he was with his friends at Eblins to purchase some sneakers when they were allegedly physically attacked by three people. The fight ended once one of the attackers, the Holyoke juvenile, pulled out a knife and allegedly threatened to stab somebody. The uh, victim and his friends were then exiting the mall near Uno's when they were allegedly attacked again by the same group. This time, the victim was stabbed in the fight. The victim told police the uh, Holyoke kid with a head wound. The Holyoke kid with a head wound. That sounds like a good... That's a great band name, too. It would be. Holyoke kid with a head wound uh, was the person that attacked them with a knife. 
The victim and juvenile were taken to a nearby hospital for their injuries. The uh, the Holyoke kid. I can't believe that they wrote this. <laughs> the Holyoke kid has been charged with. The Holyoke kid. Not the juvenile has mm-hmm. been charged with. Or the, the suspect. The Holyoke kid with the head wound. Who wrote uh, this? 22 News. This is uh, wow. Nick DeGray. Come on, Nick. That. Uh, the Holyoke Kid. I'm the Holyoke Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who's stabbing now? Holyoke Kid. <laughs> are you Holyoke Kid or are you Holyoke Kid with a head wound? Because <laughs> that's how you were described by the press. No you weren't just Holyoke Kid. You were Holyoke Kid with a head wound. The uh, West Springfield police are asking for the public's help to identify a woman who allegedly stole a cell phone. According to the department, the woman shown in the photo is responsible for a larceny of a cell phone from a business on Memorial Avenue in West Springfield. We're back to this again with the no details. Yeah, well, didn't say what business. No, or even, even says, describe what that business does. No, and I can't even really, like, uh, looks like a chair. I think it might be Chipotle. You, how well do you know the inside well, of a Chipotle? I'm just looking at the chairs. What colors are, are Chipotle? Uh, it's red. Like, it's like Blue's Clues with the West Springfield Police Department. we got to find out <laughs> where they're talking about. They're red. Okay, yeah. Okay. I think that, yeah, because it looks like behind this woman, it looks like a restaurant-style place, and uh, they have red chairs there. Is there anybody in this picture coming down with listeria? Uh, maybe. Well, because if if they are, better chance of there being uh, at the Chipotle than some other place. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I I really, I get a kick out of the fact that they can't say where it happened. Like, that's classified information. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they don't want to hurt the business. It's like uh, Ted Stryker, an airplane, where he's telling Elaine on the beach uh, all the details of the top secret mission. And then she says... uh, well, when are you leaving? Well, I can't tell you that. That's classified information. You know, he also didn't want to talk about what happened that day over Macho Grande. We'll never get over Macho Grande. <laughs> uh, more than a thousand people have sworn off gambling in Massachusetts casinos, including MGM Springfield. Well, that's not going to be good for business. That's not going to be good, be good for anybody. The State Gaming Commission says they've reached a voluntary self-exclusion milestone with 1,020 active individuals. Mark Vanderlinden, MGC's Director of Research and Responsible Gaming, said the milestone is significant but represents a small percentage of those struggling to control their gambling. The VSE program is designed to honor and support a person's decision to stop gambling. People who enroll in the program aren't able to enter any casino. Breaking the rule and getting caught would mean they would have to forfeit their winnings. Each casino in the state, including MGM Springfield, has an info center on VSE, if you're interested in joining her, you can call the 24-hour Safer Gaming Education Line at 1-800-426-1234. Yeah, they talked about when they, uh, they talked about this when they started that there were going to be yeah. a program where you can voluntarily ban yourself. I've done a pretty good job without signing any documentation about not being there, about not gambling a whole hell of a lot well, while I'm yeah, out. Yeah, but there are people out there who can't control themselves, and uh, gambling is an addiction just as like any other substance abuse addiction is. It's actually a pretty insidious one. Yeah, uh, because you know you you're psychologically creating a situation where you believe that if it if you just play one more time, 
then you know you can you can help your parents, you can help your children, yeah. you can you can do this thing or that thing, and you you never really get anywhere. And you know those who may be on a winning streak, well, I'm I don't have a gambling problem, I'm winning. Okay, that's just that's just fueling the fire for when the gambling problem turns against you. Well, you know, years ago when we talked about, uh, you, you know, obviously John was this huge uh, advocate for casinos in town. Right. There's no, uh, you know, there's no crime. There's no crime associated with that. But, you know, it, there is. There is crime involved, but you're just not seeing it. And what it is is people who have these gambling addictions you know, these are the things you don't hear about. These are the things these parents that are stealing the money from the from the kids' piggy bank uh, mm -hmm. in order to make the next bet on, on the machine and things like that. It's not necessarily uh, the crime in the sense of, you know, somebody's getting arrested right outside outside of the the casino or in the casino floor. You're talking about the widespread effects of something like that. Yeah, I don't you know, know. I don't know. Yeah, the thing about like any addiction. Is like when you start, whether it's a, a substance or an activity or whatever, you know, when you start, there's this exhilaration that you really only get like the first, maybe the first time, first couple of times or whatever. And then it turns where you're always chasing that initial high, which is completely unattainable once your body or your, or your mind becomes fixated on yeah. on it and it's it's you know and and gambling is no different it's it's this it's the same thing that releases the i don't know whether it's you know, the, the the hormones or the dopamine or the adrenaline yeah. in your system it's the same thing you're yeah. always chasing that one thing and at some point in your life you've won somewhat of a significant jackpot enough to want to keep doing this you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I there's know. people out there that, uh, you know, spend money and have never won not even a, a, their own money back on a scratch ticket. But <laughs> right. there are people out there who, uh, you know, have won five or $10,000 and go, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go back and do it again. I'm going to turn, I'm going to take this $10,000 and yeah. buy $10,000 worth of more scratch tickets. A uh, 23-year-old uh, man named, Se or, I'm sorry, near Seattle drove his Dodge Challenger to a car dealership early Tuesday morning and tried to steal better tires off the off one of the cars in the lot. He found another Dodge Challenger they were sh uh, selling, put it up on blocks, and removed all four wheels. Then he drove across the street, put his own car on jacks, and then tried to swap the tires out. But while he was doing it, someone called the police. Oh, for crying out loud. He had the new tires on by the time the police got there, so when he saw them pull up, he drove his car to make a quick getaway. But he didn't go anywhere because the back of his car was still up on jacks. You idiot. What are you going to do? A minor detail he apparently overlooked. <laughs> Wait a minute, I need all four of these tires to operate this vehicle? They arrested him without incident and found a loaded gun in his car. It turned out he had seven warrants out for his arrest, and they were all felonies. And last we heard, uh, the new charges were still pending. Yeah, that might not uh, work out very well for that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah seven pending felonies. I, I'm looking at the picture now of the car up on the jacks. Uh, I could easily see, because it's, it's one of those things where the jacks are, it's like one of those, uh, I don't know what they call those things. 
It's like a hydraulic lift jack thing. Okay. Uh, but it's on one side of the car underneath. So you wouldn't be able to see it from the driver's side is what I'm saying. I see. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, wouldn't you notice when you got in the car and it's facing in a downward position on a flat surface? Would <laughs> <laughs> you realize when you're gunning it and it's only going two miles an hour? Why aren't we going anywhere? Why did the police catch up to us? This thing usually does zero to 60 in three seconds. <laughs> I don't understand. So all of a sudden you're Ferris Bueller uh, trying to, you know, roll the roll the mileage back on the <laughs> fancy car. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 52. Tomorrow, mix of rain and snow. Could see up to two inches possible, depending on where you are throughout the Pioneer Valley, and a high of 36. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Your forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Look for the black and white can now at every Big Y Express. And that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at 320 for What's the Word on That T-Bird? Each week, I'll pick a different player from the Springfield Thunderbirds and tell you all about them. And then I'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to a future Springfield Thunderbirds game. What's the Word on That T-Bird? Monday afternoons at 320. Presented by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Remember, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Are you thinking about switching your mobile? Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock at 654. And Brian Adams on Rock 102. I can't believe uh, that he says that at the end. Which thing? He says, "Me and my baby did it 69." Oh, I don't. I, I, I don't even know that. I don't even know what that means. Well, I mean, he's talking about the year, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. exactly what he's talking oh, about. Of course. Like, right? it's, Just, uh, that'd be saying, like, I, I, I partied like it's 1999. But what does he mean by we did it 69? It I, was in it 69, or we were in 69. Maybe he misspoke. I don't know. It's possible. There's a whole lot of giggity going on there as far as I'm concerned, if you, you know, know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, he's Canadian for crying out. Anything, yeah. anything could uh, happen. You know how those people are. Hey, Rock 102 has given you uh, 12 chances to win great prizes throughout the month of December. In fact, we're, uh, we're down to our last couple of days. Congratulations to Dan Meskel of uh, Enfield. Won himself a $200 gift card to Hilltown Chic. Hilltown Chic put the uh, fun and family dysfunction with a gift from Hilltown Chic. Go to rock102.com and sign up. And then every weekday through next Tuesday, December 21st, we'll give away a $200 value gift card from one of 12 area businesses. And that could include uh, places like uh, the Gold Trader, the Still Bar and Grill, Liquors 44, uh, the Mexicalito Taco Bar, the Springfield Thunderbirds, and more. It's 12 days of prizes. Brought to you by the Tommy Carr Auto Group and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Took the uh, took the old dog to the vet yesterday. Uh, okay. Like, what's, what's wrong with the dog? Uh, nothing. Just for, a checkup? Uh, yeah, for $345. Didn't you know. we just say this? Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't know yeah. what it is. I do not know what it wow. is about veterinary medicine. But for whatever it is, it is the most expensive thing imaginable. Well, it's also I had to buy, you know, I had to buy the year's worth of heart. It was the yearly visit, so I, you know, had to buy the year's worth of heart medication and the uh, and the fl- t- the t- flea and tick collar, right? The Soresto thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that adds probably at least a hundred dollars to the bill. But still, it was like, you know, and here's the thing: my dog couldn't calm down enough for them to take blood or give the vaccine thing that he needs. Mm -hmm. He got the oral. I don't know why they just don't do oral suspension for all those medications. Why is one vaccine being able to be in an oral suspension form while another one isn't? 
It seems I think it totally sick. depends on the vaccine. Some yeah, some yeah. absorbed in the system differently. I guess if you have to be have to be in different fluids or whatever, right. whatever the deal is. But anyway, uh, so I have to take him back now. Two weeks from now. Now, what's that going to cost you? Well, it's the same. It's it's all covered. They just need to get the blood and the you know the the thing going. Uh, but the problem, like, I have to give him a sedative now because they couldn't. <laughs> So they couldn't. They couldn't. They they tried even putting a muzzle on him. Right. Yesterday, and that didn't do. No, because I mean, obviously, like the dog is a very calm dog. But when you start trying to jab him with needles, he's gonna try to snip at you. You know, that's just the way it's gonna gonna go. Right. So they put the the muzzle on him, but that didn't work because he was thrashing around too much. So they're like, yeah, here's uh here's some trazodone. I'm like. I get my dog hooked on uh, opioids, <laughs> opioids, or and or whatever you know. Trazodone, okay, but what yeah. what should I give the dog? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Like, I'm gonna be like crushing them up and snorting them and everything before I even put them in the thing. But like, you gotta give them like two. You gotta start this thing like three days beforehand. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, no, you're, uh, no. It, it, the dog will be fine, and the dog's a young dog, so at some yeah. point it, it's gonna get old enough where. You're not going to need to do this. He's yeah. just going to get used to it and, and be calm. Yes, but he's five years old now, so that's, uh, you know, getting... He's halfway there. He's halfway there, but you by know. the time he's like seven or eight... He won't care. He won't care because like, he's whatever. an adult dog. I don't know. It's just the the idea that I have to go back now. But the, the vet was given... He had this jar of peanut butter, Yeah. and he was giving it to, to Wally, and Wally's like licking the... He's trying to calm him down, right? Right. And then the vet turns it to hand it to me, but I, as a joke, just put my head forward with like, oh, thank you. You know? <laughs> Not one laugh. Not, Not one laugh. Man, I was like, man, this place is dry. Well, that's because you had that one sound guy interrupt your joke. Yeah, I guess so. It <laughs> threw me all off for the whole day. It's 6.59 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pet food roundup underway. Donate to local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, I'm a huge fan of valuable sports collectibles. Are you kidding me? From my 1978 Wayne Cashman tube socks to my 1968 Mal Graham toothbrushes to my 1971 Ben Ogley set of dish towels. I'm crazy about that stuff. Of course, I have some stupid stuff too, but for the most part, I can spot a bona fide treasure from a mile away. However, there are times when some people will dump a load of money on stuff that will do them absolutely no good at all. And such is the case this week when somebody sold an officially authenticated ticket stub from Michael Jordan's very first game with the Chicago Bulls from October 24th, 1984. Now, the truth is, Michael Jordan only scored 16 points against the Washington Bullets that night. And if you were one of the 13,000 people in attendance, there would have been no reason for you to keep that ticket stub, much less keep it in mint condition. And yet, some guy kept that ticket fully protected until yesterday when it was sold for an incredible $264,000. That makes it the highest auction price ever paid for a single ticket stub ever. Ironically, that's nearly the same price you'd pay today to see the Chicago Bulls play now. But that's only after Ticketmaster or StubHub get tried done tacking on all those extra fees and handling charges. Now for me, the idea of dropping $264,000 on a ticket stub doesn't make a lot of sense. One, I wasn't actually there that night. 
I don't have any particularly good stories to tell, and I can't tell you where I went after the game was over. All I can tell you is that I spent more than a quarter of a million dollars on a 37-year-old ticket stub to a game that I did not attend. Now, if you tell me a story like that, the only thing I'm going to remember is that you spent $264,000 on something stupid. Meanwhile, I was able to buy those Ben Ogilvy dish towels for less than five bucks. Now who's looking like an idiot? Certainly wasn't this fella. It was the guy who's buying old ticket stubs at an overly inflated price because he thinks that's kind of interesting. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, there are no Carhartt cufflinks or bow ties or anything like that. You can't even get a Carhartt ascot. Makes the Carhartt instead makes clothing for people who actually do real work. Go to Rocky's for Carhartt jeans and jackets and hats and gloves and sweatshirts and everything else. Carhartt workwear. Get it today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 714 and ACDC in Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 53. Tomorrow, not so nice. Going to see accumulation of about one to two inches, depending on where you are throughout the Pioneer Valley, uh, with a high of 36. It's 51 in downtown Springfield. You know, I never knew anything associated with friendlies would be rushed. <laughs> Usually you're waiting, uh, you know, yeah. 30 days for a fisherman jig. Or but, uh, and, and nine days for your bill. Right. But, uh Yesterday we did a story about uh, the Curtis Blake uh, School in Springfield closing, and the problem with that is this is a this is a special school for kids with uh, with learning disabilities. Right. These are oftentimes kids that are sometimes hard to place in other schools. Well, the school announced just days ago that they were shutting down, and uh, which means every family involved in that school has got to find a place for their kid to go. In the studio with us right now is uh, Doug uh, Racico and uh, Heather Orsi, two uh, parents. Uh, who send their kids to uh, the Curtis Blake School. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate you taking the time to hear our side of the story. Well, you know, we're both we're both parents, and, uh, you know, we both have had kids go through schools, and we know how, uh, you know, in many ways it's, it's, a, it's a very big decision to decide where do you send your kid, and if your kid has issues, you know, what do you do to, to better your kid educationally? Tell me about the uh, the, the timeline here. This announcement just happened days ago? Correct. We were notified by letter on December 14th that the school was closing effective January 14th. Uh, It was a complete shock to us. There was information contained in the packet stating that we were going to have information about where we would be placed and assistance with doing those things. And that information hasn't even come along yet. Uh, We do have a meeting this afternoon uh, with the administration uh, to learn more about what's going on. But this is a shock, and to learn that in, in on January 14th, my child and other children at the school don't have a place to go to learn. What, the, what, the teachers are all being laid off as well. What's hard to imagine is that you know on December 14th, you're finding out this information, and you have a month to place your kid when it's taken you a long time to find a place to send your kid in the first place. Correct. So... What is being done for you guys? Is anything being done for you guys to place your kids? At this point in time, um, it, it's going to be put back on our local school districts to work with the families to find new placements at the moment. Um, we have rallied as parents to save the school. Um, this isn't the first time it's happened to Curtis Blake. This occurred back in 2015 when the school separated from AIC, and there was a very large push and support to 
keep the school in play. The Children's Study Home took us on. Uh, we are hoping to keep the school intact. We're trying to find a new location that's going to keep the students and the teachers together because the didactics of this program have really assisted all of the children and excelling. My daughter arrived at Curtis Blake in uh, third grade. She couldn't read or write. She's now in seventh grade, and she's got those fundamental skills now that she just didn't have before. So our goal at the moment is to find a new location that will welcome all of the students and all of the teachers and us families into their environment to keep this program going. It's been successful. This was founded in 1981 by Curtis Blake, one of the co-founders of the Friendlies uh, franchise, and our goal is to keep it moving forward. We're right. just not sure how we're going to accomplish that yet. Uh, so how were you told that the school that the school was going to be closed? We were notified by letter. So they sent a letter home to the families. Uh, we were informed that the school staff was um, made aware in person at the end of business on Tuesday, December 14th. Um, complete shock to all of us. We had been engaged with the administration of the Children's Study Home, which oversees the Curtis Blake Day School. Right. And we've been addressing some of our concerns about attrition of staff, um, what their plans are. Uh, we had great meetings um, with their administration where they've made a, a lot of promises to us about the direction things would be going. Uh, within two days of the meeting that I had with administration, all subsequent meetings with families were shut off and discontinued. Um, they went into an emergency session on a Friday from our understanding. And a, a little more than a week later, we were notified by letter that they're closing the school. This is uh, Doug Racicote in the in the uh, in the studio, and 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 you know one of the things that uh, we were talking about off the air is that you know there may be an assumption that there's, well there must be a place for these kids, but the fact of the matter is at that level, and these this is like K through eight, if I'm not mistaken, right? K through eight, or K, through, K eight. through nine, they'll they'll accommodate up to ninth grade. I I think a lot of parents who may have you know be in similar situations can all tell you that there are not that many. Uh, resources for kids that young who are struggling with any kind of you know, learning disability in the in the Springfield area. So you know you're really kind of limited uh, in, in a way. Curtis Blake is like one example of a place where you could send your kid and and feel comfortable that they were going to get the help they need. Tell me about the difficulty of 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 placing you know these kids. You talked about your kid and what they've they faced. But I mean, there are other kids in that school who've got you know much bigger challenges. Placing that kid somewhere else has got to be almost next to impossible. It's a, a very insurmountable task for us to try to accomplish that at the individual level. Um, for example, we come from Connecticut. My daughter travels 40 minutes to get to the Curtis Blake Day School. There are other families that are traveling an hour and a half one way just to get to the school. So when you talk about the intrinsic uh, value of what this program provides and the, the limited population that it really kind of serves, it's, it, it's covering Northern Connecticut, it's covering Western Mass, it's covering Central Mass, yeah. it's covering Eastern Connecticut, all of our families that are traveling there. It's not easy for us to find a program that's going to be able to accept our kids as a whole, one, but even individually, but to have the, the type of learning programs that Curtis Blake has been instituting essentially since its beginning and the success that has come from the program. Right. And, you know, on, on top of this, we've engaged um, the Massachusetts Department of Education. They're very limited in their oversight and 
these types of programs and especially when it comes to a private school especially when it comes to a private school you know they've followed their contract they've given us the 30 days advance notice um and unfortunately we don't have a lot of recourse to prevent this from happening overnight you know it's occurring during the holiday season we've been given 30 days notice they understand as an administration how difficult it is to place these kids it's not an easy task. There's a lot of work that goes into yeah. writing what's called an individual but, education plan, implementing that. But, um, but there has to be some reason why they're closing. Is there any speculation as to what uh, might be happening there? Is, there? is it a funding issue? Is, are they... To the best of our knowledge, it's not a funding issue. Um, they're indicating that there's some staffing concerns. Uh, they've talked about... Um, you know, they've had some attrition. COVID has played some of a role into, you know, the reason that they've lost some staff. Right. Uh, there have been some staff that have taken positions in other districts. We understand that. Uh, but they've had an opportunity to, at the beginning of the school year, advertise for teaching positions and fill those teaching positions. When we spoke with the executive director, uh, William Davila, he had told us that he was unaware that these challenges were occurring. We recognized it at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. Um, they said that they've been trying to hire. This is the public message that they're putting out there today. But in my meeting in the beginning of December with Dr. Davila, he was shocked. He didn't understand that you know, they've lost some of their teaching staff. There's no reason to close the school. We could have worked with the administration to come up with a reasonable program to save the school. There's no reason to close it down in January. You know, there's, I, as I'm reading the, the story, and I'm, I'm reading it through, the, through Western Mass News uh, from yesterday's story, the thing that, that, that is confusing to me is that you know, there, there appears to be some conversation about reopening the school, but they're not giving you a timeline for that either. And even if they do, that doesn't help the families that are involved now or, or you know, enrolled now. It doesn't. And the the premise of the children's study home is a behavioral health school for children with behavioral issues. Right. Um, Curtis Blake Day School is a learning disability school. Our understanding is, you know, or our impression uh, with some of the families is they may be um, repurposing the school for behavioral health. It's a lot of what we heard from Dr. Davila when we spoke with him mm-hmm. was that it's a behavioral health school. Um, he told us that the culture is changing. They have a new principal. The culture is changing. The families and the staff have to accept it, and that's the direction that they're heading. Um, we don't know what's happening. You know, to if they're going to open as a special education school with the learning disabilities that the families that are there today have, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me that you would close a program indicate to the state that you're closing a program, alienate the kids and the staff and expect to reopen and provide the same level of service. It's uh, yeah, I, I, I really do feel for you, Doug, because I understand, uh, you, you know, I do understand to a certain level of, uh, of what you're facing. And I know a lot of families struggle with trying to figure out, you know, what's the best thing for my kid and where can I get the services that they, they need. I hope there's a solution out there for you. You said there's a meeting today uh, is is this a meeting with administrators of the school, or is this a meeting of of parents looking for support? And what what is out there for you now, right now? So um, the meeting this afternoon is with the executive director uh, William Devilla, the president of the executive board Gordon Quinn, and Sonia Taylor Smith, who's the uh, current principal of the school, and just the families. 
They're uh, allowing us to hear what they have to say, uh, give us a two-minute period to make comments and ask questions, and we're going to see where that goes. I, I don't think there's any hope to save the program in its current and, uh, location and under the, the children's study home. Um, our goal as parents, and we've been really rallying together, uh, we've all faced the same struggles within our public school districts to get our children outplaced. Uh, they're unique kids. They're great kids. They're normal kids. But they learn very differently than everybody right. else. And in a traditional public school environment, it's very traumatic. There's a lot of bullying yeah. that goes on. So we're trying to keep the school together um, and place it with another institution that can accommodate the kids and the teachers. That's our number one goal. I don't know if we're going to get that accomplished by January 14th. There's anybody that's listening that can maybe potentially help us with that, guide us in the right direction. We're all ears. We're accepting any recommendations that people can have to ensure that all the kids and all the teachers have a place to go. And this program continues, and Curtis Blake's name lives on in, um, w- with the kids. Doug Ray, Scott, we appreciate uh, you coming yeah, in thanks today. Thanks for coming that- in. Thank and, you very uh, much, and, guys. And best of luck. I hope things work out for uh, for you and all the families. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. It's 726 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, hey, hey. It's it's 730 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You hear that whizzing sound during that interview? That was uh, Curtis Blake spinning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> my, my money is doing what? What? Not keeping that school open? I, I really feel for these people. That's, I know. It, it's awful. That is a bad deal, man. Because, you know, you know it, it's... It's so hard uh, to get, you know, when your kid has, uh, you know, you, you know, particular needs, educational needs, it's so hard to know where to turn, where to get the help they need. And when you find something, you just hold on to it and you, you, you wind up having a real emotional attachment to it. So when these people heard that this place was closing, I, I can only imagine how upsetting and disruptive that must be because you want your kids to get the help they need and the education that they deserve and are entitled to so right. i i hope the best for these families i really do um uh we got uh what do we got we, got oh, news. we have news news coming up next on rock 102 rock 102 with 735 with uh Nagel on rock 102 it's time for news and it is brought to you by yankee home improvement offering 40 percent off installation plus you get a free glass shower door while supplies last call yankee home right now and tell them you heard this ad on rock 102 it's local radio icon steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Back. Starting with a cryptic anonymous note posted on Instagram at midnight on December 15th that seemed to vaguely threaten a group of students through a reference to anime and then went viral, Westfield High School administrators started dismissing students mid-morning on Wednesday, and by early afternoon, the school was vacant. Superintendent Stefan Soprowski said that while school officials did not believe the threat was reported to them after the first period in the morning was credible, they alerted the Westfield Police and Detective Bureau and started to investigate the source of the post. Meanwhile, the principal, Charles Jindrizik, uh, alerted families that there were several social media posts that could be considered as a threat. And, uh, you know, they go on. This was all a joke that went bad. It's not a good joke. It's not a good joke at all. No, and you a good know joke what? has a setup uh, and, a, and, a, and a good punchline, and maybe yeah. you tag the punchline later on in the act. This is not how you do comedy, kids. Yeah. Not how you do it. They did, a, they did an email yesterday for our school district about... You know, how December 17th, which is obviously today, would be the day that you shouldn't send your kids to school because something bad's going to happen. And, uh, you know, those are all generic threats. 
and it's causing a lot of problems because there's a lot of school districts that you know are closing or yeah and they don't sending these kids home and they don't know whether it's their district or something else no and what they you know the kid a couple of weeks ago in michigan uh that nobody paid attention to the things that he was writing or doing or you know it wasn't properly handled now you have to be over cautious because if you weren't and something did happen and then you're, you're screwed exactly too. uh i don't know this whole tiktok is the devil no, it's not. It's yeah. just a few bad apples that are destroying I TikTok. So. Otherwise, TikTok is great fun. Yes, for eating Tide Pods. Like you said, eating Tide if Pods you're in, and crushing into, bones. If you're into Tide Pods or you know, climbing on milk crates and going to an, uh, an emergency room, it's great, great fun. Jurors in an ongoing trial in Hamden Superior Court over a brutal hammer attack failed to return a verdict after their first partial day of deliberations Thursday. Adrian Hines is standing trial for the second time for attacking his neighbors with a hammer. He argues he was defending himself against white supremacists. Assistant District Attorney... With a hammer? Well, uh, Bang Bang Maxwell's silver hammer went down upon their heads. Yes. Uh, yes. But, you know, to fight white supremacy, I'm not so sure that using hand tools is really the way to do it. Yeah, I don't think that's usually the best weapon to use. Not against a white supremacist. Uh, Assistant uh, District Attorney Janine Simonian argued Hines was the aggressor after simmering questions about the alleged victims bubbled up to the service on March 23rd of 2016. Lawyers offered widely differing versions of the attack, which put the former Westfield resident behind bars until the state's highest court granted him a new trial. Hines, a 30-year-old black man, testified Wednesday that he and his mother were subject to racial intimidation soon after they moved into the Southwood Apartments in Westfield. He told jurors he and his mother were confronted by the N-word as neighbors barked it out windows, encountered bananas strewn near their cars, and had their tires slashed on multiple occasions. Okay, well, that paints a little bit different picture of uh, yeah. why you would attack somebody. On the day of the attack, Hines testified he was showering when he heard a loud bang and looked out the window to see his neighbor, Nathaniel Sherniak, slashing a rear tire on his Porsche with an ornate, ornate knife. What's an ornate knife? It's like a, a a knife that's you know loaded with different uh, you know decorative you know etchings perhaps. Oh, it's not one of those things you hang on a Christmas tree. No, that would be an ornament. Oh, ornament. I get it. Have you ever noticed that white supremacists seem to be the biggest scumbags amongst us? Like, if you were really trying to you know purport supremacy of some kind. Wouldn't you try not to be such a jackass did, while you do it? Did you see Curb Your Enthusiasm with Woody Harrelson? Uh, well, now, yes, I, I, we, we started to watch that last night. Okay, you have to watch the whole episode. Gotta watch the whole thing. It was one of the funniest episodes where Larry bumps into this guy on the street, spills coffee all over his robe. Right. Which turns out it was a guy on his way to a KKK rally. And uh, Larry feels so bad that he feels, well, you know, because the guy goes, well, I got uh, rallies in Tulsa and, uh, you know, <laughs> Austin this week. And he says, well, let me take the robe for you and I'll bring it to the dry cleaner right. for you. And he, oh, you'll do that? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll take care of it. Well, he goes to a Jewish dry cleaner <laughs> who tells Larry, are you out of your, you know, GD mind? You know, what, what's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, you know, he goes, don't be like them. He's like, let's do nice things for them. Let's not be like they are. <laughs> so then he goes and pick, tries to pick up the robe the next day, and it's missing. <laughs> 
They can't find the robe. And he goes, what the hell did you think bringing in a white supremacist robe into a Jewish dry cleaner <laughs> that this thing would still be here the next day? So then he has, uh, what's her name, Jeff's wife. Oh, uh, uh, Susie. Susie. She owed him a favor. So he's like, and she. Because and they golf for the rabbi. Yeah. And yeah. She, sews, she sews very well with him. Right. Or she so she sews very well, and he she he needs her to do a favor for him, and she finally agrees to sew a new patch, the white supremacist patch on a new like KKK Grand Wizard robe, right? Okay. So then, you know, fast forward to the uh, the day of the rally, the guy's like oversleeping, and he gets up and he and he goes, "Ooh, look, this is nice," you know, the new robe with the with the thing on it. And he puts the robe on at the rally, and on the back of it is a big star of David. And all the other KKK guys start beating the crap out of him. It was, it was one of the funniest Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes that I've ever seen. Wow. Actually, I haven't gotten that far into, uh, into that episode yet. Well, I ruined it for you. I'm glad I well, did. Well, I'll still watch it. I'll still watch it. You'll still watch it? Yes. But I, I just think... Uh, and the whole interaction with like Woody Harrelson and... It's the, the 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 entire episode is just one of these like uh, gems that they come out with. You don't find too many of those, like, in a row. No, but you do find that white supremacists are awful white people. Well, yes, but making fun of them is even funnier. It is, but <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Arby's started selling uh, French fry flavored vodka last month, and now the makers of Lay's potato chips are getting in on that action with a new vodka of their own. They've partnered with a company in Portland uh, called Eastside Distilling, but unfortunately, it's already sold out. They announced it yesterday, started selling bottles online for $40 the same day, and they're already gone. Now, could you do a shot of that with, like, a ranch dip chaser? Well, that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out. It must taste like a potato chip. Yeah, probably has like a little bit of saltiness, a little bit of greasiness to it. You know what I had over the summer because Lay's comes out with those limited edition ones? Yeah. It was Cool Ranch Dorito chips, potato chips. It was awesome. Really? I'm like, why have they not done this in the past? It's a good question. I don't you know. know. Like, like take the Doritos coating and put it on uh, a potato chip. You know, that, that kind of uh, shenanigans. Yeah, I know. You'd be selling those things left and right. It's not clear if they plan to make more, but if you don't, uh, if, but don't feel like you're missing out too much. They used Lay's pr- proprietary potatoes. I can't even say that. Proprietary potatoes to make you, it. You can't say potatoes. I can't say uh, propri- proprietary. Pr- Pituitary. Proprietary. Oh man, it's one of those words that I can't say. Proprietary. You just said it. They did. You did it. Potatoes. Did it. Yes. To make it, but we don't see anything about it actually tasting like chips. It sounds like it's just regular vodka with the Lay's logo on it. That was like uh, the Reese's peanut butter. That was a big scam when that came out. Yeah, I know. They released a, oh, hey, you can get Reese's peanut butter in the jar. Well, everybody loves the peanut butter that's inside of a Reese's peanut butter cup. But it's just normal peanut butter inside the jar. It was just regular peanut butter. It wasn't the sugary, cakey well, peanut yeah, butter that yeah. you, yeah, crumbly peanut butter that uh, you would enjoy. From because they probably butter. felt that it's not as spreadable and it's not as appetizing unless it's dipped in chocolate. Yeah, but it's not about having it be spreadable. It's about having it be delicious. Yeah, I do. I mean, I kind of like uh, you know some of the weird flavors of the chips, but I also like some of the weird flavors of the vodka. And I'll tell you what else I, else I've, uh, I like. 
Remember yeah. we were at the Mayflower Marathon. I think I mentioned this before. Paul Kozer from V1 shows up. Right. Gives us a bottle of the uh, the peppermint uh, vodka and then a bottle of this chocotini or whatever it is. It's like a chocolate uh, cordial. Yeah. Holy. Oh, yes. Really? Lord, that's good. I already get. I already bought nine thousand bottles already. Nine thousand bottles. You yes. You take one down. You pass it around. You get eight thousand nine hundred ninety-nine bottles of uh, vodka on the wall. That's right. Good for you. Uh, yeah, the whole idea of the flavored vodka when they started coming out with like the Fruit Loop. Yeah, that's you know. Listen, you got to really like Fruit Loops to want to have that. Well, you also uh, can just take vodka and pour it over Fruit Loops and cut out the middleman. You could do that. Try or, to infuse the flavor. but then, Or you could just buy the vodka that tastes like the Fruit Loops. But again, really, we all know what Fruit Loops taste like. It's just okay. And every Fruit Loop tastes exactly the same as every other Fruit Loop. There's yeah. no different flavors for different Fruit Loops. Even though they're different colors, they all taste exactly the same. Exactly. So it's not really fruity. It's not all that good. Yeah, but they have uh, they have other ones. They have whipped cream vodka. That that's good when it's mixed with other stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta. How can you tell me you're not marketing to children with flavored vodka? Uh because you got to be 21 to buy it. Yeah. Well, what were you telling me? The cigarette marketing, the flavored cigarettes. That was the whole reason why they got rid of those because they didn't want to uh, get kids and minorities involved in uh, addiction to Listen, nicotine. I know, I know, uh, full-fledged adults in their forties and fifties that are so angry they can't get their mentholated cigarettes un- unless they go across state lines, and they'll do it too because they love their menthol. Oh, menthol is a very refreshing cigarette. Oh yeah, it's the best tasting lung cancer you can get. Absolutely. The uh, lyrics to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer talk about how all the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. The original bullies, if you will. They sure were. Uh, and now it appears they've turned to violence. A woman in northern Canada put up a Rudolph decoration on her lawn for Christmas and says real deer won't stop attacking it. She's had it for five years and says it keeps happening every year. She came home the other day and found it knocked over and trampled again. And this time she caught the whole thing on video. She thinks male deer think it's real because it's not a cheap lawn ornament. It's an archery target the size of a real white-tailed deer with a red light bulb strapped to its nose. Really? So it looks like the real Rudolph. And uh, and the and the regular deer aren't really crazy about this. No, they're not. So it's a little more realistic than the uh, most of the decorations you might see on people's lawns. Are they preventing this uh, fake deer from playing any reindeer games? Fake reindeer don't give a f. I don't That's think they really would. Right. No. That's why they're fake. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the, the the reindeer doesn't jump up in the air and say, I'm cute. I'm cute. <laughs> We're misfits. We're all misfits. That's one of my favorite parts of, uh, you know, when uh, when Clarice uh, tells him he's cute. Yeah, right. And then she and he gets all giddy. Oh, yeah. He says, I'm cute. Yeah. I'm cute. Because he's a good got part. the thing over his nose. And then the nose pops off. Now everybody's making fun of him. Yeah, because they realize he's got that red nose. It would be nice to see a bully revenge uh, follow up. Like, like yeah, yeah. Rudolph like meets uh, some of these other uh, bully reindeers with like a like a broken shot, you you, you bottle, and then you start cutting. Well, if you think about that whole uh, that whole ordeal, uh, Rudolph uh, was beaten down 
by all the other reindeer. Everybody in that town, even Santa Claus, was kind of a jerk to him. Everybody was up, everybody was a jerk to him until yeah. he met Hermie and yeah. uh, and Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he comes back and everybody loves him. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Now you like me? See, he's very modest in the in the show. But wouldn't it be great if he just uh, you know cut them all off? Well, you know, sometimes we have very odd feelings about what is and what is not a disability. A red nose that lights up and illuminates the sky is not a disability. Well, it doesn't help your case. It makes you unique. Yeah. It makes it, it makes Rudolph special. We all have something special about it. I do. You, you do. You don't like my nose. I think it's grand. That's what she says. Clarice. See, she was nice. I think it's grand. She was nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's like the one person in an entire stable of, of reindeer that had any sense of humanity. That's when you know you're watching a boomer program when they use words like grand. Yes. It was grand. <laughs> we should start bringing that one back. No, we shouldn't. Here at Pioneer Valley Forecast today, it is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 53. Tomorrow, it's going to be a grand day. It's going to be grand. Uh, it's a mix of snow and rain to, tomorrow. Uh, could see up to two inches possible, depending on where you are throughout the Pioneer Valley, and a high of 35. It is 52 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. At Ocean... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 756 and Led Zeppelin on Rock 102. That's one of my favorites. That one? I really, yeah, it's like one of those, uh, yeah, get pumped up, let's get going in the morning. Yeah, rock and roll. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I hey, listen, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. You want to really uh, get your pump, uh, your blood pumping. Yeah. Uh, this Sunday night at 9 o'clock, Baxi's Musical Fun Bag. I got music from Devo, Wire, The Dam, New Order. The Descendants and more. Check out uh, Baxi's Fun Bag Facebook page and Instagram for all the updates. It's Sunday night, 9 o'clock, right before Little Steven's Underground Garage. Rock 102's loudest hour on Rock 102. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember now. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we were talking about Led Zeppelin. And, uh, yes. I, I really like that song a lot. Like a lot. I had no idea okay. that you're such a, a fan of that song. Uh, I'm, you think well, you know I'm a, a guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big Led Zeppelin fan. You I know, had no I, idea. Yeah. You see uh, the things I'm starting to learn about you. Well, but it's like certain songs. Like, a, you know, that's one of the more, uh, like, mainstream ones. Yeah. Uh, that I like. Uh, that I like, you know, The Stairway to Heaven. Eh, mm-hmm. It's a great. It's a good tune, but I'm, it's not, like, the best one. I think, like, Ten Years Gone is a great song. That's a great song. I, that's, like, that's my absolute favorite. Yeah, I would say, uh, for me, with Led Zeppelin, my two mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, I love Dancing Days. Mm-hmm. Always love that song. But I think my uh, my all-time favorite is In My Time of Dying. Oh, Lord, what a badass Oh, that yeah, is. that's a good tune, That's too. a good song right there. Right there, that's a good one. That uh, we, we had talked about this. There was a guy, uh, I think he still does it. It's a podcast that he, like, dissects all the songs, and he, he only, like, he, you know, isolates only the drums, and then, then he moves on to the next instrument, the, the bass guitar, or oh, whatever, yeah. whatever. And uh, they did... Um, what the hell was the name of the song? Uh, whole lot of love. Whole lot of love. And you hear John That's Bonham what... actually, actually grunting. Yeah. He's playing so hard. Yeah, yeah. It was a, that was a great, uh, great podcast. I'll like, tell you, description. I, it, 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 there's all kinds of isolated uh, things on like YouTube, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> people sleep on John Paul Jones yeah. all the time as being like the weakest member of yeah. that band. Listen to the bass line of the Immigrant Song sometime, and you tell me that you should be sleeping on. 
John Paul Jones. That guy's a freaking beast. Hey, maybe we can talk more about music after 8 o'clock. Yeah, I suppose we could. It, or, we, uh, or we could do other stuff. Or so we could do that, too. Or it, we could do anything in between. More prone to doing that. All right. It's 7.59, Rock 102. Bourbon Bar. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-12 in the Scorpions on Rock 102. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 53. Tomorrow, uh, not so nice. Rain and snow showers. Could see up to two inches possible, depending on where you are throughout the Pioneer Valley, and a high of 35. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, <sighs> so anyway, uh, what? Oh, you, what, what? We, no, I got nothing. I got nothing other than, you know, this is uh, well, it's, uh, Christmas party day. Christmas payday. The Christmas weekend. Day. Can't wait till I have to. I give that uh, that prize away. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Well, it's uh, it's a really crappy gift. In 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 ornate. How do you say that? In an in, ornament. Uh, yeah, in ma- ornament of of wrapping paper. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Like it's just uh, it's a trash bag shoved with uh, <laughs> more wrapping paper. The gift is wrapped in wrapping paper mm-hmm. and more plastic bags and right. other wrapping paper right, and right. tape. Right. And then uh, the whole, it's like stuffed inside of a trash bag, uh, like a big 33-gallon one. Right. Uh, and then that was itself was wrapped in uh, in wrapping paper as well. I have not yeah. purchased uh, my uh, Secret Santa gift yet. What? Are you out of your mind? It's today. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's at not till twelve thirty. T- yeah, but I got like I I know exactly where I need to go. I know exactly uh, what I'm gonna get, and I know exactly uh, the kind of uh, paper bag I'm gonna put it in. Ah, you're one of those guys. Yeah, you're, I'm just showing up, and here's your stupid gift for this stupid party, and give me my free food, and I want to go home. Yes. All right. That's that's, uh, that's my life. that's my plan. Uh, I also got a big. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this person really meant to uh, to drop a big hint. Yeah. Because uh, this person certainly doesn't know that I'm the one getting them a, a gift. Yeah. But they dropped a big hint, so I'm following the big hint. Ah. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Right. Like they just like why well, like it was someone like said. Well, I don't like that thing, but I like this thing. And I don't know if it was meant for because there's no way they would have known that I got their name. And right. I heard it, and I, you know, it, it planted a seed inside yeah. my feeble brain. And I said, if I get this person for Secret Santa, yeah. that is what I'm going to get. Guess what? What? That's the person I got. Is it? It is. I try to get a different person every time. How do you do that? Well, because well, I pick another name out. If I had, if I pick the same one I had last year, I pick another name out of the bin. Right, and the year before that, uh, that woman's no longer here, and the woman before that, that woman's no longer here, and then the year before that, that person's no longer here. And so then the year before that, that person was no longer here, and uh, now is back here again. So yeah. you know, the, the worst thing you can hope for is that Steve Nagel picks out your name. The circle of life. That's my it. Friends. Uh, but I was going to say, oh, we were talking about uh, uh, the dogs before uh, and how I went, took the dog to the vet. Yeah. And my dog will not take a shot, or will, nor will he have blood drawn. He's one of those, oh, I have bad veins, you know, that, that oh, kind I of see, thing. Yeah. But uh, he also, like, thrashes around a lot when somebody pulls out a needle. It's, it, it, it's amazing to me how animals react to certain situations, 
you know, this dog can, uh, you know, be out in the backyard. A tree could fall, mm-hmm. and he won't even flinch. But he sees somebody coming at him with a needle. Oh, game over, yeah. my friend. He just uh, thrashing around. They tried to give him the shot and to take the blood with a muzzle on because right. I agreed to that. And I was like, well, he's got to get it done, so let's just get it done. Uh, and he was he was too rough for that. So I have to go back in two weeks. Yeah. And uh, they gave me this trazodone stuff. Right. Which I just Is found Is that for out. you or for the dog? Uh, it, it's for the... It's for the dog, but I, uh, I was told uh, by a listener that one of those pills could knock out a human. And I'm like, hmm. Hmm, that sounds like a shalom. Maybe I'll be crushing that up and snorting it off the <laughs> dashboard of my BMW like a good dentist does, my friend. <laughs> That's your rock bottom when yeah. you're snorting trazodone off your, uh, your dashboard. You know, uh, my dog, uh, our dog, uh, you could do nearly anything to him. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. I mean, when he was a, a younger dog, then he get you know, all freaked out in the yeah. uh, in the uh, the vet's office. Now he could, he could care less. Yeah. You could you could stick him with a needle. You could put a thermometer inside of him. He doesn't care. The just, only thing that he does not want us to do cut his nails. Yeah, and the other thing would be to express the uh, the anal glands. He's not real happy about hey that. And I got to tell you. In his position, I'm not so sure I'd want someone be doing that to me either. Uh, why do you have to do that to the dog? Because sometimes, Steve, I don't yeah. know if you've ever had to deal with this with a dog. I have, yeah. and it's awful. Uh, there's something that's going on on the back door of the dog, and it stinks to high hell. You got dingleberries hanging no, out? No, it ain't, it ain't dingleberries. Oh. It's like uh, there's something going on. With a gland that needs sometimes to be expressed. That's a job I would rather have in the hands of professionals. But, uh, you know, when the, you bring a dog to a vet to have that done, they got you by the shorties on that one. Well, they, they, got, they got you by the anal glands they when do, they do it. Because, you know, they, uh, they'll charge extra for that one because nobody wants to do it. But the dog gets lots of relief when it's done. He just doesn't like actually having it done. And I can't say I blame him. But I got to tell you what, I'd rather have someone squeeze that than me writing a big fat check to a vet. Uh, I remember when my mother was uh, first like hospitalized and we had to take care of her dog. Yeah. And her dog was a, was a little shizu, if you will. Okay. A shizu. Like, yes. Like an Azuzu, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, I didn't realize, like, you know, the dog gets groomed often. You know, that was the whole thing about the dog being groomed. Right. But I didn't really like know that because, you know, it's not your dog. It's not my dog, and uh, you know, I didn't. I don't. I never owned a longer-haired dog that would require the hair cutting. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, you got to cut the hair around the rear entrance on those dogs. Actually, I, I prefer to refer to it as the exit, if that's yeah. okay. If you're referring to your dog's buttocks as the entrance, you you need to. You need to maybe give that dog away to a, a better family. Well, <laughs> entrance, exit, whatever you want to oh, call it. No, it's a big it. difference, Steve. Hey, well, it, it's well, really yeah. well. It depends on how you, the individual feels about it. This is, to me, it's some this, of them it, like the word entrance. Some of them like the word exit. Steve, to me, it's it's the yeah. uh, the demarcation of uh, morality yeah. and immorality. And that was some gross stuff too. When I had to do that, you had to like get a pair of scissors. No, oh, yeah. Which are, uh, 
I had to throw them away afterwards. I the scissors? Yeah, I, it's just it's like my dad peeing in the dishwasher. There's something about like I had to throw those dishes away, even though they were washed and bleached and all this other stuff. There's yeah. something about the idea. I know that they're perfectly clean. Uh, you know, the scissors could have been cleaned, but it was just the idea that it had touched poo. That uh, at that point I said, you know what? I you know I. Had rubber gloves, yeah, trying know. to do this whole thing, washing the dog. Luckily, it was a summer day; it was warm out. You know, I, I, I yeah. love dogs. I've always loved dogs. But the the reality of owning a dog is there are some things that are just disgusting about uh, about them. And uh, you know, as good of companions as they are, there are times when you really you really test your love. Like the anal glands, yeah. like the trimming of the hair on the buttocks. I'm going to massage your buttock glands now. Right, like allowing the dog to lick you after it's just drank from the toilet or eaten its own vomit. You know, those are the kinds of things that dog ownership really tests your will. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't, uh, I don't care for those type of tasks. I'm not. A I big don't fan. either. I don't either. But uh, you know, Jenny and I have had the discussion in the past. So she, she's uh, she's always been a big dog owner, maybe a bigger dog lover than I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been times when she's had as many as three dogs at a time. And yeah. I've never had more than one dog at a time. And all I can think of is if we brought another dog into the house. Yeah. Not, you know, you know will, the, will the dogs get along? I mean, I, I assume they'll probably find a way to, to you know, make ends meet. But uh, I'm more concerned about the immediate cost of having two dogs that have to have well, you shots know. and uh, appointments at the vet it's like it, it sounds like you know multiple dogs is the uh, is the activity of the rich this uh this was the whole idea of bringing this guinea pig into the house because once you start bringing more animals in you have to find somebody to take care of them when you go away right Right. You know, so now I don't know what to do when we go on vacation next time or who I'm going to ask to take care of a guinea pig. I have uh, friends who are ge- very generous uh, and, and take care of our dog for us, but uh, they're not guinea pig people. I wouldn't even think of asking them to take care of a guinea pig. Right. So now I'm kind of screwed because I don't have anybody to take care of the guinea pig for like a week. Well, we used to have the same thing with uh, with cats. Yeah. You know, like, uh, do you put a cat in a kennel or you leave the cat in the house and have someone stop by and uh, feed it? And what did you do? We had someone stop by and feed it. Right. And the cat was fine. I guess I have a good... Yeah, because it's only like five days. You're, it's it's not away. like you're going to be away for six months. No, you're going to be away days. for five days. So uh, I guess if we just clean the cage before we leave... And then after the five days, you can clean it again because you're supposed to do it once, one to two times a week. As long as the guinea pig gets yeah. its food, its water, and a yeah, cardboard sh- toilet paper roll, what else is there to do? You're right. Maybe I'm just overthinking this. You, whole you thing. know what? You know what it is. You, yeah. You're. It's not that you're overthinking. Is that you think that the the guinea pig requires the same kind of attention as the dog? Yeah. Well, the and dog the uh, needs to be uh, fetched. Uh, you know, thrown balls to and. Things like that. Yeah, because otherwise they'll tear the house apart if they don't do that. The guinea pig has the name pig. That's all they do is lie around in their own filth. That's it. Actually, did you get the guinea pig back? Not yet, but See? I was told the other day by uh, pet. Uh, what is it? What do I call it? Vet Blow. Yeah, right. Because I don't want to say the name of the place. 
Vet Blow like, said And you've concealed uh, it very well by saying it. Yeah, well, way. Vet Blow said that uh, they're just waiting for some hair to grow back. That uh, Okay. Yeah. Sure. So you that know, could be weeks. Yeah, we need to... Uh, so are you. You've been waiting for hair to grow back for the last 20 years and it hasn't grown back. It hasn't done it yet, uh, but I, I interpreted that as uh, we're just waiting to find another guinea pig that looks similar to the one you had because yours died. <laughs> We've misplaced we, your guinea pig. We killed it with the infected, uh, ringworm infected the guinea pig c- clan. <laughs> It's 824 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is... It's 827 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rock 102 is bringing you Patriot football all season long. Tomorrow night here on Rock 102, you'll hear the Patriots take on the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. The uh, live country Nissan pregame begins at 530. Kickoff is at 820. Join Bob Soshi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. You know, uh, like a lot of people uh, around Christmas time, like on the Christmas Eve, they order uh, like uh, Chinese food or Japanese food or something like that. Sure. Get this. In Japan, it's tradition to eat KFC for Christmas. That's an actual (laughs) tradition? It's like the tables have turned. We are uh, eating Asian cuisine on uh, on Christmas Eve. And uh, people of Asian descent are eating American food on uh, Christmas Eve, which is uh, pretty weird, don't you think? You know, if uh, I don't mean to disparage KFC in any way, uh-huh. like, I really, I really don't. Cause I love, I actually really like fried chicken a lot. But if I were really going to celebrate something, KFC would probably not be the first on my list. You know what, though. When you're talking about fast food restaurants located in other countries where yes. regulations are completely different, that food might taste way better than it does here. And it might be made in such a way uh, that it's such a delicacy over there for them because they don't have access to it like we do. I yeah. think we're so used to having it here that uh, if you know you don't have uh, you know these chain restaurants like you do popping up all over the place here. I just don't uh, necessarily go towards a fast food restaurant when I'm looking to celebrate something like, say, the birth of Jesus. You know, fast food would be where I go when there are no other options. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like I said, Chinese food is it's it's not like it's made pretty quickly. It's takeout food for the True. most part. True. You know, depending on where you're going, you want to go to a nicer place, you go to a, you know, a sit-down restaurant to right. do so, but most of the places are, are grab-and-go, you know? So, I don't know. I, don't I guess know. I'm more of a Popeye's guy. I mean, I might, to me, like, uh, that's more of a that's more so of a celebration right there. It's Popeye's. Popeye's? Popeye's. Are you kidding me? Freaking love Popeye's. Those little bit, those, those uh, greasy little biscuits and the, the red beans and rice. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's good stuff. I know uh, my brother uh, worked for KFC when he was in high school. Yeah. And he used to bring home uh, chicken. Like, yeah, all the time. That was uh, that was some good that was some good fringe benefits right there. Leftover chicken. To me, the best thing they they uh, ever came up with was the mashed potatoes and that gravy. That's the best part of the whole bucket. What to add that to the? You mean adding that as a as an option? One of your sides. I always thought that was the that was the best part of the whole meal was mm. the mashed potatoes and the gravy. Yeah, but the mashed potatoes aren't that great. They're like uh, you can tell they're like the watered down mixed potatoes. Yeah, I know, but you know. They, since the colonel died, since the old man died many, many years ago, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It just seems like it's not quite as 
quite as great as it used to be. They're building a new one in Westfield. Really? A KFC. You know, I'd be happy to be uh, proven wrong on this one. I, it's been a long time since I've had KFC. Hasn't been all that long since I had some Popeyes, though. <laughs> I have to tell you. And I'm a... Yeah, you know, side by side comparison. I'm willing to do both all over again. Hey, you know we should uh, we should go take a trip to Popeyes before we head over to the Christmas party. Good idea. Get a double fill for the day. <laughs> yeah, if we eat enough for lunch, we won't need a. We well, won't have we, to have a sensible dinner. Listen, we start at uh, Popeyes, we end up at Applebee's. It's the, everything comes full circle. <laughs> That's where we're going for our uh, thing is Applebee's. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Rock 102 is giving you 12 chances to win great prizes in December with the 12 Days of Prizemas, driven by the Tommy Car Auto Group. Each weekday through Tuesday, December 21st, we'll give away a $200 value gift to one of 12 local businesses. Businesses like the Gold Trader, the Still Barn Grill, Liquors 44, Hilltown Chic, Mechalito Taco Bar, the Springfield Thunderbirds, and more. Hey, Carla, tell them how to sign up. Carla Kazenzi from Tommy Car Auto Group, here to let you know that we've expanded again. I bought the North Pole, and I'm now Carla Claus. My first official act is to tell you to sign up at rock102.com for a chance to win during the 12 days of Prizemas, driven by Country Hyundai, Country Nissan, Northampton Volkswagen, Volvo Cars, Pioneer Valley, Genesis of Northampton, the North Pole, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Keep up this holiday season with Dunkin's brand new pancake minis. Enjoy six fluffy, delicious pancakes served with dipping syrup, packed and ready to go. Cheers with a creamy white mocha hot chocolate to sweeten the season so you can take on the holidays wherever they take you. Merry on all season long with Dunkin's new pancake minis. America runs on Dunkin'. Price of participation may vary. It's a limited time offer and exclusions apply. The holidays are the perfect time to get a great deal. And for our best deals of the season, check out the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event with winner-only savings on all Hyundai vehicles. Every Hyundai comes loaded with innovative technology and safety, as well as available class-exclusive features, like the Santa Fe with H-Track all-wheel drive for wherever your journey takes you, and the Elantra with huge 10.25-inch touchscreen navigation so you never get lost. Plus, every new Hyundai comes with complimentary maintenance for three years and a America's best warranty. With new cars arriving daily, it's the perfect time to get a Hyundai. It's your journey. Own it at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now, sign and drive on some of our most popular all-wheel drive SUVs, including a brand-new 2022 Hyundai Tucson. Reserve yours today. See your Western Mass Hyundai dealer or visit buyhyundai.com to find a dealer near you. Call 661-615-2112 for complete offer details. But you'd better hurry, because these offers are ending soon. Hi, I'm Julian Jackma, Assistant Wine Manager at the Flagship Table in Vine. Our vineyard selections wines make the perfect gift for the discerning wine lover on your holiday list. We work exclusively with small quality wineries to create this carefully curated selection of artisanal wines available only at Table in Vine. Best of all, they are all affordably priced. Let our experts help you explore the vineyard selections and all our offerings. Visit us on Riverdale Street in West Springfield or online at tableinvine.com. Joyeux Noël from all of us at Table in Vine. The button, a symbol of things made easier. Before buttons, things were much harder, like pull starting an outboard motor. Come on, you. Come on, you. Come on, come on. Okay, this time you're going to start. Come on. Or manually opening a garage door. Oh. oh, no, my back. Or even treating sleep apnea. If you've tried CPAP but struggle to get a good night's sleep, 
Relief can be as easy as a button with Inspire. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body with just the click of a remote. That's right, a button. As you sleep, Inspire keeps you breathing normally and sleeping peacefully. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. That's InspireSleep.com. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. 835 with uh, Banks and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Villa Napolitana. Celebrate the holidays of Villa Napolitana. Open Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The local school communities are on high alert today following a post circulating on TikTok that refers to threat to school safety. Uh, the superintendents of several school districts here in Western Mass, including Westfield, Longmeadow, and South Hadley schools, sent a message to parents yesterday on the latest TikTok challenge regarding the threats. According to Superintendent uh, Saprowski, there were posts on TikTok that uh, saying that today, December 17th, there is a challenge to call in bomb threats, school threats, etc. At, uh, at schools in the United States. Saprowski is urging all families to talk to your children about potential consequences of engaging in this type of behavior. It's mm. just not funny. And you're causing a lot of problems for not only uh, your classmates, but yourself. Yeah, you know what? Leave leave the funny stuff in the hands of qualified, trained professionals. Yes. You know what? You know, like, the, like the other people on TikTok. Those people are funny. Yes, they are. The Some of them are. Not all of them, but some of them are. You know, I've been... Uh... Yeah, you know, I, I look at TikTok all the time, you know, because I find it's a great way to uh, waste my entire day. Um, and there, there are some TikTokers that I that I uh, I'm intrigued by, mm-hmm. and some I'm repulsed by. There's this guy, and I don't know if you've ever seen this guy or heard of this guy, mm-hmm. called the Liver King. You heard about this guy? No. So the Liver guy is the Liver King is this fella who is jacked. Like this guy is cut yeah. like you wouldn't believe. And he's like one of these real primal, uh, you know, ancestral type of guys who just gets back to, you know, the work, you know, these intense workouts. But every day on TikTok, he shows you what he eats in a day. And every meal starts off with raw liver, Ugh. tons of, uh, of, uh, of meat, like tons, like he'll have like a whole platter of like, you know, 30 hamburgers. He'll eat half for him and the rest mm. of for his family mm. and then uh, like marrow bones like he'll take a like a, a, a like bone marrow and eat it raw right out of the bone like what it's pudding it's like this, guy? this guy's out of his friggin mind why would you do any of that the other thing he eats and this is the thing where i and i you know i gotta i'm not a picky eater by any means but at this point i i gotta draw the line i mean i'm not crazy about liver in general i don't want to eat it raw but this guy eats raw Bull testicles. Raw bull testicles? I want mine cooked all the way through. I don't want them at all. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine cooked would be the better way to enjoy I them. would think so. I would think so. But this guy peels you them know, and slices them raw. And what is the point of him doing this? He's saying that the most nutrient-rich meats yeah. are... Liver, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eats almost a pound of liver, uh, raw liver a day, and then testicles. 
All right. He probably is down to like two bull testicles a week. Well, you can, uh, you know, we knew this uh, this crazy broad years ago who uh, felt that uh, she should feed her dog like raw chicken. There's a, yeah, there's a lot. There's a big push for like uh, raw yeah. diets for dogs. And uh, this woman did this in our kitchen by cutting up the chicken in the blender, but not putting the top on. So the chicken went everywhere. Went everywhere, yep. and it took days to clean up the raw, rotting chicken. Yeah, I vaguely remember this, but yeah. I, but you know, like to me, like raw chicken's just like a dangerous meat to eat raw. Oh, what are you talking about? I, uh, I pick up chickens uh, right out of the coop, and I just take a bite right out of them. Yeah, rip well, them that's up apart. but that's fine. But if you ate like a like a, a package of chicken at a at a store, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, why don't you just chow on that raw? Yeah. But I wouldn't do that. I don't know if I were you. Do, do, do that either. But this guy eats everything raw, except the burgers he cooks. But raw liver and raw testicles. That's gross. Dude, I, I got to draw a line. Yeah. He should not be on TikTok either. But yet he's got followers like yeah, you wouldn't gross. believe. He's got like a like a million followers. At least the vulgar chef is making a joke out of the stuff he puts together. Yes. This guy's actually doing it for uh, just for clout because yeah. he's cool. The liver king. A crazy. 50-year-old employee of the Dudley Fire Department is facing charges after being accused of grabbing a woman inside of a Cumberland Farms uh, located in that town. Uh, yeah. Chester Moroz of Dudley is accused of grabbing the victim's chest and pushing her up against the counter. Text messages sent by Moroz, were, which were obtained by investigators, support the woman's story, according to documents filed in Dudley District Court. The woman was inside the Cumberland Farms on Main Street in Dudley on November 28th getting beverages when Moroz is accused of pushing up her up against the counter and then putting his hands across her chest. Chester the molester? Yeah, maybe. Is that what you're calling it? I think thought I would call it. Hey, you know what uh, we're going to do right now? Uh, no. I'm going to do the forecast and I'm going to come back and do the news because I really got to go to the bathroom. Oh, sure. Hey, awful? why not? Yeah. Hey, it's uh, 52 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel and that's part one of the news on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 847, and you too at Rock 102. You feeling better? Oh, uh, much better. Well, that's good. I apologize. Uh, sometimes uh, nature just takes its course Steve, and you, uh, needs to, you know. You never have of. to apologize for me or having to go to the bathroom. That's, you know, to me, that is, uh, in, in life, that is the biggest priority there is. It's one of those uh, sacred, sacred things, you know? Yeah. Hey, I was just, uh, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. This week with the with all the health stuff I've been uh, dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, the knee, the uh, the AFib, and all this other stuff. Yeah, they put me on a uh, on a on a blood thinner. Okay, now mm-hmm. I, I, I've never been on a blood thinner before. It's my first time. Vodka, different kind of. Th- Actually, it's interesting you bring that up because yeah. today is our holiday party, and I just want to be safe with this stuff. And I just said, you know, I'm not not for nothing, but you know, sometimes at the holiday party, I'll, I'll have a drink or two, and then that'll be it. I don't. Haven't gotten real drunk at one of our parties in years. Maybe a good, you know, 15, 20 years or so. 2008. Yeah, maybe you, that's it. You and I both got uh, pretty lit at the uh, at the party. Where were we at the party? It was, uh, I believe it was Pazzo's. Oh, Jesus, yeah, yes. Before it became uh, Plan B. You know, it's uh, it's it's been so long since that, was a po- since that place was Pazzo's that uh-huh. I completely forgot that we... <laughs> Yeah, at our party there, and uh, we stuck around. Uh, we stuck around, and I uh, 
may have overindulged in the old fashions because I was feeling like a boomer that day. Yeah, right. And uh, then I had to go home, which was like three in the afternoon. Yes. And then sleep for two hours to be at a rehearsal dinner for somebody's wedding. Oh, my God. And yeah. And uh, as we're standing on the altar in the church in Longmeadow, uh, uh, <laughs> my friend says to me, Jesus, dude, what did you come from a distillery? Like, what the? <laughs> no. What do you just came from are Pazos. You, are you bootlegging moonshine over I there? I literally have, uh, I completely forgot about that. About yeah. that day, yeah, but yeah, you and I, you and I were, uh, we're we're doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's it's not in good policy to be doing that. At no, a, at a company party. Anyway. Not not really. But uh, but we're we have our party today. So you know, I'm thinking, you know, I need to to kind of read up on this because you know certain medications you're not supposed to take with any amount yeah. of alcohol. So I'm reading it, and I, and, I'm, and I'm reading all these. Is that a warning or a dare? You know, I, really I think it's I, with booze. so. That's what I'm trying to figure yeah, out. Is yeah. this you know how how serious is this? No. So I'm I'm reading these uh, these little forums that are that are online of of people asking you know whether it's okay to drink alcohol. And as uh-huh. it turns out, you know one or two drinks tops. That's it. No more than that. Because right. otherwise, you know, you run the risk of uh, of bad things happening. So. I don't know. I probably am not going to drink today, which is probably maybe the smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading the questions that people are asking. Is it okay to have up to five alcoholic beverages a day while you're what? on this medication? Five? I mean, no, there's no problem with the, the interaction of the medicine. I think uh, it's uh, there's no problem with five alcoholic beverages a day. Unless you want to be seen as an alcoholic well, and may need to be in a twelve-step program. What's the uh, the recommendation? Two, two. The recommend the recommendation is you should try to avoid it, but you yeah. know, no more than two, and but, certainly not everyday use. But the the problem is the way I would pour drinks. That would be like six drinks, because you're you know the heavy hand. Steve, uh, you got more than a heavy hand. Yeah, you're the kind of guy that now. Yeah. We'll 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 drain the bottle and continue to squeeze it to make well, sure every listen, drop is out of it. Bax, uh, when I bring my A game to something that's important to me, I bring my A game and I go all the way when I when I do things like that. I don't just do a little bit of weed. I do all the weed. Many years know? ago at the Mayflower Marathon, we sent Steve out to go buy some alcohol because mm-hmm. you know. I think it was like a Monday night football game, and yep. the broadcast had to end early, mm-hmm. and so you know we just uh, decided to. You know, uh, shake it loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve comes back. We sent him to a, a terrible part of town to buy his booze. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you came back, and then you start mixing cocktails. Yeah. <sighs> My breath could have been set on fire. There was so much booze in that first one. Okay. Uh, you know, you bring this up all the time and how strong the drinks were. And how, you know, that was an awful thing for you to have to endure, the fact that I was making strong drinks. You could have chosen not to drink the drink, knowing how strong it was, going, you know what? This is a little too strong. This guy's out of his mind. Uh, I'm not drinking this, or I'm going to water it down with something else. Well, I didn't want to be rude. And the only way for me to water it down would have been to empty part of the cup. Because you had this thing filled to the brim. Yeah. With pure alcohol, and I believe the only mixer was the ice. When I had to, uh, when I had to cover one eyeball, stumbling back to the <laughs> RV. 
Yeah. We're, we're always doing good things for them, uh, the less fortunate <laughs> yeah. people. For all you people that think that we're sacrificing a lot at the Mayflower Marathon, it hasn't yeah. always been that way. Yeah, do you know how much our work our livers have been through through those events? Oh, yeah. Over quite, the years? Quite a, quite a bit. I uh, I can't. I think the the one time I got really really drunk related to this work was the ski trip. To they sent me on some <laughs> ski trip. I don't even ski. I right. hate snow. Right. I, listen, uh, I don't even. I don't know if it was Okemo. I think it was Okemo we went to. Right. Uh, beautiful place. Nothing wrong with a ski resort. I just don't particularly care for skiing, and there's nothing for me to do at a sure. ski resort other than hang out at the bar all day. Because why not? That's a good idea. That was a great idea. And uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, I said to the uh, the promotions guy that with us, I'm like, well, I'm, going, I'm hungry. I'm going to go down to that little shack at the bottom of the hill there and uh, have myself a beer and, uh, you know... And they had this great food. It was awesome. It was like these giant sandwiches. Sure. And they had like a buffalo chicken sandwich. They had fries and all that stuff. It was pretty, and it was cool little like, like nest. It was called like the nest or something like that. It was like a little tiny bungalow type of bar. Sure. And uh, I uh, I was sitting in there, uh, minding my own business, mm-hmm. just uh, not doing anything. I had maybe a half a beer uh, that I had consumed. Sure. Uh, when one of the other listeners uh, that was on the trip, uh, hey, hey, uh, you want to do a Jaeger bomb? <laughs> the proper answer is no. You don't want to do, do a Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaeger bomb. bomb. You certainly I, don't want to do more than one. But I said yes. And not just uh, yes once, but yes a fourth. Oh, yeah. 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 So I had like four Jaeger bombs. I had like two beers. I am out of my mind. Yes. I don't even know. I get, and, then, and then like the bus got stuck. So they, they're like, everybody's got to get back on the bus. So I'm like stumbling back to the bus, right? Okay. And then, uh, and then the bus driver was like, well, we're stuck on the ice. The bus ain't moving anywhere. So I recruited like eight other people to help me go back and push the bus. One of these big buses. One of these yeah. like big King Ward buses. Sure. To help push the guy out. To no avail. You were stuck. Uh, several of us slipped on the ice and fell uh, face first into the ice. Only to find out they have people that take buses out of the thing with this big, like, uh <laughs> Bulldozer thing. Uh, they didn't they, need you to push. No, they didn't need yeah. us to push. Interesting. They, well, the bus driver was appreciative of the efforts that yeah. we put in there. And then I passed out. Oh, good. didn't uh, wake up until we got back to Chicopee. I think the last time that uh, I may have been overserved may have been at the Student Prince. I think we were doing a, uh, an event over there one night, and there was a guy. And, you know, and the thing is, when I, you know, whenever I go to the, whenever I go to the fort uh, with all my good-time friends, you know, there are people who will uh, yeah. will buy me drink. You know, Andy Andy Yee for you know, God rest his uh, his wonderful soul would always make sure there was a round. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if like say like uh, you know Herbie Flores would buy me a drink, and they're like you know Tony Rabosa would buy me Look a at drink. You and then name dropping. All uh, I'm name dropping. But then there was one night where this guy, he uh, apparently was uh, he had just gotten out of the service, and loved the show, and once he found out that I was drinking vodkas and sodas. This guy took it upon himself to keep buying me vodkas and sodas all night long. Ah. Even when I hadn't finished 
the previous vodka and soda. So, so you, feel one, like, you feel rushed and you have to finish that one well, to get at, to the next one. At one point, and this is not an exaggeration, it's not an exaggeration. There were four glasses of vodka and soda in front of me, mm-hmm. and you know, and and more would have come had this guy not bought two for himself for every one that I got. Yeah. So you know his his drunkenness was provoking more sales of vodka and soda to the point where I was literally just you know handing them off to people because I couldn't I couldn't possibly keep up with the volume. Yeah. Of of booze. I literally was leaving these things around the bar. Yeah, yeah. And and telling the guy, okay, enough. Enough is enough. No, I'm I'm buying for you all night long. <laughs> the guy probably bought like twelve vodkas and sodas for a meal, which oh I did not God. have. I didn't drink all those because you know, I gotta get home. You know, I'm, 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 I just couldn't. You know, I, I could not drink Did that you much. Drive home with your eye, your hand over your eyeball. No, I did. I want to straighten up, the I eye out. Want up not driving home, but, yeah. but, but nevertheless, it was like I, you know, when I'm ha- when I have to turn yeah. down alcohol, then you know that maybe you should just stop maybe spending I've the money had, on it. Maybe I've had too much. But when people are asking in a forum. It, 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 will there be an interaction with this medication if I'm drinking up to five drinks a day? Five drinks? Really? <laughs> That's even... You know, maybe if you weren't drinking five drinks a day, you wouldn't need to be on the medicine in the first place. Listen, my doctor had always said for years, uh, only two drinks per day. But I didn't have that kind of time, so I'd just wait till Saturday and drink 14 <laughs> drinks to catch up for the week. <laughs> That's how you do it. And that's heart smart. Yeah. And I was on Coumadin at the time. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. It's 858 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks. Screen. GG Inks.